0: discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Hi, everyone. and Welcome to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. I want to start off today's episode just like I did last time, appreciating those of you who left reviews and wanted to highlight a recent review from Davo1466, who says, Remember the 8020 power law? If you only have time to listen to one financial podcast, this is it. Cut to the chase financial wisdom. Thank you, Davo1466. I appreciate that feedback and appreciate everyone who has left a review if you've not done so already, just would love to see that if you can. Love getting more reviews, love seeing what you have to say, love getting the opportunity for more people to find the show. It's growing week over week and it's really exciting to see how many people are finding value. So I appreciate those of you who are sending me emails or reaching out and just letting me know how much value you've gotten out of the show. It really means a lot to me and happy to do so. Really enjoy getting to do this and really enjoy getting to hear your feedback or experience your feedback when you reach out to me. So thank you for those of you who have done that. Today, the topic of today's episode is really part two of a question that a listener asked last week. So last week, we went through a listener question. If you haven't listened to it, you can go back, listen to that to see what the question was. But this was part two, but it was different. And I thought it would be useful to have a separate episode entirely devoted to this. Here's the question. The question says, you seem to be a big Roth IRA fan. We have four IRAs at 811000 1,375,000, 365,000, and 65,000. At what point or in what order and why would you consider converting them to Roths or Roth IRAs? Once again, thanks for being an honest and approachable CFP and podcaster. Well, you are welcome and thank you for being a listener and really appreciate the question. So, you're right. I do love Roth IRAs. I am a big Roth IRA fan, and that's because I love helping people pay as little money in taxes as possible. So they have more money to do with it what they'd like. So that's why I love Roth IRAs. At the end of the day, it's just a tool and a tool can be used correctly or it can be used incorrectly. And I've done a few very recent episodes on Roth IRAs. So some of this may be review, but there's going to be some good, important new information that we go through on today's episode as well. But here's just a quick summary of why I like them you mentioned this question. You have four different IRAs and the total value is right about $2.6 million today. Now I know from your last question that you're 59 years old. So I'm just going to assume, and this probably isn't the case, but let's just assume that from now until 72, you don't actually touch your IRAs. You let the tax deferred growth just keep happening on those accounts and you live on other accounts, whether it's savings or social security or non qualified investments. Well, if you do that, and if your money grows at 6% per year, then the $2.6 million that you have today in traditional IRAs will grow to about $5.6 million by age 72. So that's great. You you made $3 million on your money, but all that money is pre-tax. And when you turn 72, it's a magic age where the IRS is going to require you to take what are called required minimum distributions. So required minimum distributions, it's a percentage of your account balance you're going to be required to take out each year. And at age 72, the required distribution on a $5.6 million portfolio would be approximately $215,000 per year and increasing from there. So 215 the first year, but then higher and higher in each subsequent years as the required percentage of distribution goes up. So a couple of things that that does, that pushes you into a higher tax bracket. Keep in mind, that's $215,000 per year on top of social security, which is going to be taxable to you as well. And on top of any other income that you have, whether it's pension or whether there's other dividends or capital gains or other things that you have. So that's just going to push you into a high tax bracket. I like Roth IRAs for many reasons, but one of the reasons is, of course, Roth IRAs don't do that. Any money that you pull out of a Roth IRA is completely tax-free forever. Another benefit is there's no required minimum distribution for Roth IRAs. So when you turn 72, if you don't need to take that money out, you don't have to take that money out. You can let it keep growing and keep compounding. And that's all happening completely tax-free until you decide to use those funds or until you decide to pass them on to future generations if you don't fully spend them through in your lifetime. Now, another benefit is Roth IRA distributions don't impact other taxes like Irma surcharges. So Irma surcharges are the, the premiums you're paying for Medicare. When you're paying for Medicare, there's different parts, parts A, B, C, D. Part of that is technically are quote unquote free, meaning you just paid for it over the course of your lifetime by paying into payroll taxes. Other parts are based upon your income and the higher your income, the higher your surcharges on Medicare taxes and Roth distributions don't count against that, whereas IRA distributions do. So there's some little things like that as well that are kind of some hidden benefits of Roth IRAs. With that being said, though, it does not always make sense to do Roth conversions. There are certainly cases, believe it or not, where I would actually recommend against Roth IRA conversions. So what this episode is going to touch upon is exactly what you asked. You know, At what point would you consider making conversions to Roth IRAs? And in what order would you consider making conversions to Roth IRAs? So let's start going through when you should consider Roth IRA or Roth conversion and when it maybe just probably doesn't make sense to convert it. Now, Number 1, the first time that you should consider a Roth conversion, the most obvious answer is when income is lower. If your income is lower, you're in a lower tax bracket, and if we know that you're going to be in a higher tax bracket in the future, let's take advantage of those low tax, low income tax years and convert a piece of your IRA into your Roth IRA. Now, I'm not going to go through a full breakdown because if you just look three episodes or a few four episodes ago in episode number 50, you'll get a full breakdown of an actual example that we walked through to see how does that happen or what could you, how do you think about that? So check out episode number 50 to get a full breakdown or more comprehensive breakdown. But in general, if you are in a year where your income is lower and your income taxes are lower, that could be a good time to consider a Roth conversion. Number two, when the market is down. So why does that matter? The, the, The market doesn't impact your taxes? No, it doesn't. You're right. But here's why that can be such a strategic way to think about it. Let's assume that you have $500,000 in a traditional IRA, and that whole $500,000 is invested in some S&P 500 ETF, as an example. And let's say that you look at a tax strategy and you make it your goal to convert $50,000 per year from your IRA to your Roth IRA over the next five years. You've identified that's the amount that will keep you under certain tax thresholds and set you up for a lot of tax-free income in the future. Well, if you're going to convert $50,000 per year, that represents about 10% of the account balance. So in year one, if you do that, you now have 10% of your money in your Roth IRA and 90% in your traditional IRA. As that money grows from there, 10% of the growth is happening in your Roth, 90% of the growth is happening in your traditional. Now let's assume that there's a significant market decline. And let's say it's a serious one where the market drops 50%. Well, now all of a sudden in your IRA, you don't have five hundred thousand dollars. You now have two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. The market dropped a whole bunch. Now most people, when this happens, they panic and they can't wait for this to recover and they can't wait for that downturn to be over. I look at this as a huge opportunity. Of wait, wait a minute. The market's down fifty percent. Great. If we assume that it's going to recover, and let's assume that you're diversified and so that you know over time it will recover, let's take that for granted for an assumption or for a second. Let's look at it instead from the standpoint of now, all of a sudden, if we convert $50,000 from your IRA to your Roth IRA, that represents 20% of your total account that we can convert. Well, now, as the market recovers and as it keeps growing, 20% of that growth is happening in your Roth IRA, and only 80% is happening in your traditional IRA, as opposed to 90 and 10, like in that last example. So sometimes, even in years where it maybe it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to do a conversion, if the market falls enough, it might make sense to even ramp up the conversions. Maybe instead of converting 50000 is it maybe 60000 70000 80000 Of course, this needs to be unique to your financial strategy and your tax strategy, but these are actually years where when the market's down, view that as an opportunity if Roth conversions are going to play any role in your financial plan. I remember a year ago or last March, March of 2020, as the market was dropping for clients where we had set up a Roth conversion strategy at the beginning of the year, because we did a projection of their income. We knew how much we should probably convert to Roth IRAs because we knew what their future tax liability was going to be based upon their IRA balance. We put our foot on the, the gas pedal. We accelerated some of those. We said, can we convert more at this time? Because what's happened, and none of us had any idea things would recover this quickly, but what's happened is as the market's recovered, most of that growth or more of that growth at least is now in their Roth IRAs and less is in their traditional IRAs. Meaning if we had waited until now to do the conversion, once the market had recovered, well, it would cost a lot more money and taxes to convert the same amount because we have to convert a greater amount to get that into the Roth IRAs because what they now have in their Roth IRAs is a combination both of the amount that we converted plus a lot of growth that's happened on that because we were able to do it when the market was low. So if you have a plan in place to to do Roth conversions, of course, this is making the assumption that, that makes sense in the first place for your plan. Market declines can actually be the best tool or the best possible outcome for you in the short term because it allows you to convert a bigger portion of your account while the market's low. And then when it grows again or when it recovers, that growth is happening in an account that will be entirely tax free forever. The third time that it makes sense to do Roth conversions is in a year that you might have a lot of write offs. So this ties into reason number one do it when income is lower. But this is really not when income itself is lower. But if there's a year that you have a lot of write-offs, so see episode number 51 where we talked about how do you take advantage of of charitable giving to do significant Roth conversions and not have it cost you a whole bunch of money in taxes. But that could apply to medical expenses. This could apply to, you know, mortgage interest in your home is going to be pretty steady and actually declining over time. But those one-off things: did you pay a lot in medical expenses that you can deduct, or did you do a ton of charitable giving that you can deduct? Well, if there's years that you have a lot of deductions, let's ramp up your income to be able to write those deductions off against it. One way of ramping up income is through doing Roth conversions. So see episode number 51 to see how that works in principle. Just a few episodes ago where we went into an in-depth strategy of, of doing some charitable gifting along with Roth conversions. But the general sense is if there's a year where you do have a lot of write-offs, it could be a great year to do Roth conversions. And then the fourth time, and this is going to be a little bit more general and high level because the details can actually get pretty complicated, but if you're trying to keep your provisional income low, you're probably saying, James, what on earth is provisional income? Well, provisional income is the way that the IRS determines how much of your social security benefit will be taxable. So social security isn't taxable just the same way every other income source you have is taxable. There's a few different things that you have to calculate first. And the first is what's called your provisional income. And what that essentially says is if you add up all of your provisional income and if you're married finally jointly and if your provisional income is under $32,000, well, then none of your social security benefit is taxed. Zero percent of it is. And your first thought's probably, okay, that that's great, but $32,000 is not that much money. So why would I try to live on $32,000 or less just to pay less in taxes? Well, he, here's why. Social security benefit is... If you're going to look at how how is provisional income taxed, the first thing that you do is you take your social security benefit and cut it in half. So let's say you're married finally jointly and you both have social security benefits of $2,500 per month. So 30,000 per year for each of you, that's 60,000, cut that in half. $30,000 is the amount of that that would be counted towards your provisional income. Now let's assume just to use an extreme example that you happen to have $10 million in your Roth IRA and that you are taking out $500,000 per year to live on. So you have your social security benefit of $60,000 combined plus $500,000 from your Roth IRA. That's $560,000 per year. You would think you'd be in a pretty high tax bracket. Well, we already know that your Roth IRA is not going to be taxable. So that $500,000 is completely tax-free. But the other benefit of Roth distributions is your Roth IRA distributions are not subject to provisional income. So when you're looking at what do you owe on social security, Social security, the amount that you're receiving, $30,000 of that in this example is going to be counted towards your provisional income, but $0 of the money you're taking from your Roth IRA will be included in your provisional income. So in this example, $30,000 is your provisional income, which is under the $32,000 threshold, which means 0% of your social security benefit is taxed. So I'm going to keep this more high level. I know this one can get more confusing and more detailed. If you'd like to hear an episode about this, reach out and maybe I'll, I'll do one soon. But if you are looking at your income sources and your assets and you're saying, ah, I can keep my provisional income low, or I'm, I'm really close to being able to do that. That's where it could make sense to do some Roth conversions to set yourself up for future completely tax-free retirement. I did this with some clients, a few clients, where they had money in IRAs and Roth IRAs and they were deferring their social security benefit well into the future. And what we saw is they had the chance, if we could somehow get all their money from IRAs into Roth IRAs, to never owe taxes again once they retired. So we did some Roth conversions that if all they were looking at was their current tax bracket versus their future tax bracket, and maybe it was about break even, maybe didn't make it wasn't a huge compelling reason, but when you factored in the fact that provisional income would be much lower and that their social security would never be taxed, nor would their Roth conversions or any of their Roth funds be taxed, it made a lot of sense. So again, I know that one can get more confusing. This is something to talk to your CPA about, talk to your financial planner about. But if you're within striking distance of being able to have your provisional income super low to avoid taxes on any social security benefit, that could be a compelling reason to do Roth conversions as well. Those are some good reasons to do Roth conversions. Let's talk about reasons you shouldn't do Roth conversions with reason number one being some guy in a podcast told you to do Roth conversions. Unless you are a current client, I do not know your financial situation. And unless I knew your income, your tax bracket, your assets, your future projected tax brackets and assets and income, there's just no way I could possibly know well enough whether or not a Roth conversion makes sense for you or not. So just big disclaimer on this. I do want to make sure that that all of these episodes, not just this one, but all the episodes I do are giving you the pros and cons of each situation, but you should always compare that or take that framework and apply it to your specific situation before determining definitively whether a Roth conversion or anything else that we talk about makes sense for you. So that's reason number one, don't just do a Roth conversion because some guy or some gal on a podcast said that you should. Number two, the second reason you shouldn't do a Roth conversion is if you think taxes are going to be the same or even lower in the future. This isn't necessarily because you think tax brackets will be lower, but because your income tax brackets might be lower. Let's assume that you're, you, have a, you have a high taxable income either because you're working or you have a pension or a deferred comp plan that's paying out. And you are in a high tax bracket today. And for whatever reason, you're going to be in a lower tax bracket in the future. Well, if that's the case, let's not convert money from your IRAs to your Roth IRAs today and pay a higher tax bracket on it today. And that's going to end up saving you in the future. So the ideal time to do Roth conversions is when your income today is lower than your income in the future. And that could be a factor of either your own personal income and what tax bracket that will put you in, or it could be because of what federal tax brackets as a whole will be. Obviously, number one is something that we have more control or can project a little bit more clearly. We don't really know exactly what federal tax brackets are gonna be all the way into the future, But if you think your income tax bracket will be lower in the future than it is today, then it probably does not make any sense to do Roth conversions. And then three, which is kind of a tag along to this, is if you're going to move to a lower tax state, that probably negates many of the benefits of doing a Roth conversion. If you are, let's say, living in California today and you're going to move to Texas in a few years, well, let's not do Roth conversions. It could potentially cost you 5%, 6%, 10% in California taxes if you're then going to turn around and take that money out in Texas where there's no state income tax, it would be reversed. If you were today in a state where there was no income tax brackets, that could be a compelling reason to do a conversion if you thought that you were later going to move to a state like California or New York or Illinois or a state where there was a much higher income tax bracket. So those are the general reasons not to do it. Now, back to the question. Part of the question was, in what order does it make sense to do these conversions? Now, if you just have multiple IRAs, you know, in this listener question, there's four different IRAs. If these all belong to one individual, it doesn't really matter the order so much. I would say if one of them happens to be invested more aggressively than the others, and you're going to keep the allocation the same, it maybe makes sense to convert the more aggressive accounts first, because ideally what we'd like to see is we'd like to see most of the growth happening in your portfolio in your Roth IRA. If we can really amplify the growth there and leverage the growth that you're going to get there that's going to lead to the most amount of tax-free income or tax-free distributions in the future. So that, that's one way that you can look at it. Another way to look at this is if you're going through this as a spouse or as a couple, probably the older spouse should convert their balances first. So if you have husband and wife and, and they both have an IRA balance and one is 65 and one is 60, whatever spouse is 65, Probably convert their balance first, simply because they will be at their required minimum begin date earlier. They will be forced to start taking required minimum distributions earlier. So if you can start to shift their assets from their IRA to their Roth IRA first, it's just going to give you more leverage, or it's going to it's going to give you more flexibility of not having to take such high required distributions in the future. So in general, if you're going to convert accounts first. I would recommend converting the more aggressive of the accounts. The accounts will likely get more growth over time. And if you have a spouse that you're doing this with, whatever the older spouse is, it probably makes more sense to convert their IRAs to Roth IRAs first. That being said, run this by your financial planner, run this by your tax planner, make sure that you're doing these projections as you go through it because these little tweaks, these little differences might not seem like they make much of a difference. But when you compound some of these things over years and years and years, it has a really, really dramatic impact. So that is it for today. Hope that was helpful. Thank you again for your question. Thank you again to everyone just for being a listener. Really enjoy getting to do this. And thank you for being part of this all. Have a great week and I will see you all next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Ready for Retirement podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and let me know by leaving a five-star review. And as always, for a list of the notes and the resources mentioned in today's episode, you can find those at the Ready for Retirement website, which is readyforretirement.co. That's readyforretirement.co. And if you have a question that you would like for me to answer in a future episode, then you can also go to the Ready for Retirement website, readyforretirement.co. There's a page called Submit Your Question, where you can submit a question for me to answer in a future episode. Thanks as always for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.